not sure where the competitiveness comes from. I, I don't even, I wouldn't even say I'm that competitive. <laughs> I think it's more of a drive that I have. Like I think I'm just, you know, naturally sort of, you know, I get very motivated and excited about things that I care about. So once I find something that I love doing, you know, I just sort of pour myself into it. And, you know, when it comes to running, that's, you know, how I feel. I feel passionate about it. love it. So I just put everything into it. <laughs> Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 126 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. In one of the most inspiring running stories of the year, Tammy Shea ran 237.00 at CIM and hit the OTQ standard on the number to qualify for the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials in Orlando, Florida on February 3, 2024. When Tammy turned the final corner, the finish line clock read 236.50, and she kicked for home with everything she had left and crossed the finish line at 237.03. There were a few uncertain moments before friends showed Tammy her chip time, and someone from the CIM team draped her with the coveted OTQ banner, and they began to celebrate her huge accomplishment. Tammy became the 173rd woman to earn her spot in this year's race. She's been on quite a tear over the past two years. Let's look at her amazing progression. 248 in the 2021 CIM, 245 in Indy in 2022, 237.44 this year in Ottawa on May 28th. And finally, closing it out in style at CIM at 237.00, making the standard on the number, December 8th. Topics, coaching, training approach with Kim Connolly of Next Best Run. Her Ottawa build versus CIM and first time logging 100 mile weeks. Her start in New York City training with my team, Central Park Track Club. Moving up to Boston, staying within the Tracksmith family, training with Boston Hares. Her drive, passion, and fire, where it comes from. Mindset, mantras, self-talk on the course. Her Orlando plan and community service. So many great nuggets to unpack in this one. Rooting for Tammy in Orlando and stoked to follow her inspiring journey. Hope you all enjoy the listen. Good afternoon, Tammy Shea. Welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you this afternoon? Good, great. Thanks, Ron, for having me here today. <laughs> yeah. My God, you must be getting a million messages from people in the running community reaching out, stalking you like, hey, you know, are you like still on cloud nine from uh, the big the big race out at CIM? Uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy, <laughs> crazy week, but um, luckily my my account is private, so it's not like I'm getting messages from everyone. You know what I mean? Like, I can sort of filter through. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, this is one time I could say having a private account would be a good thing for you, yeah. for, for someone, because <laughs> good Lord, you would have been getting like literally an insane, an insane amount of messages from people. But hopefully, on the good side in the running community, we love the running community. You run for uh, Tracksmith Boston Hares. You know, you're known in the community. Hopefully you're getting a ton of messages from your people there, you know, in the community that are like super stoked for you. 
you know, running your 237.00 OTQ, a one in a million on the number uh, performance at CIM? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I heard, yeah, my, my teammates have been really great and supportive with me throughout just in this, not just in this training block or even after the race, but, you know, since I've been with them, since I started running with them, you know, it's just been, it's just been a fun, fun journey, you know, being on a, being on such a big team, being part of a community. Yeah. And having Tracksmith be involved is always a good thing because they always do it right. Um, and how big, how big is the team, the Boston Hares? I mean, is it, uh, give us an idea of like how large a, how large a team? That's a good question. It's definitely growing by the day. I want to say it's maybe 300. I want to say club members on just on the Boston team, right? Okay. There's a lot of tracksmith branches, you know, in New York, whatnot. But um, just in Boston itself, I want to say maybe 300 or could be more. Wow. That's awesome. And as far as uh, the team goes, do you, are you a person who likes to do solo runs? Are you into group runs? And, you know, like a, with a group of that size, I'm sure you have some quote unquote organized workouts, you know, that are available or even like long runs, let's say structured long runs. Are you a fan of doing them solo or do you like to get together with a group? Uh, I'm sort of in right in between. I like running solo and working out with, with other people. It's, I, is is my preference, you know, and doing lawn runs with the group. So the team does lawn runs on every on Sundays, and um, that's my favorite day of the week. Um, so church is the lawn run, the track house Sunday lawn run at nine a.m. And you know, people just show up. You don't even know who's going to show up. Could be a small group, could be a big group. And people just run and get together, and it's like a good social, good social run. Uh, in terms of working out. Um, I work with a coach um, who's not, you know, we're not, we're, she's not connected on the team, but there is no, um, there is no like official coach on the tracks with Boston Hairs. So everyone sort of has their own schedule training plan. So normally what I do is, you know, I just kind of hit up my friends on the team or doesn't, I have friends not that are, aren't even on the team and we just, you know, coordinate um, times to work out. Nice. Well, I have a couple of mutual friends of yours um, that we, mutual friends that we have, uh, that we share. Erin Genova has been on my podcast. She runs for the Boston Hares. She was mentioning to me that you um, you get some long runs in in the uh, White Mountains up in New Hampshire, man. And that's some serious, oh. <laughs> get some serious oh. elevation on some of those runs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason why I'm I'm there um, uh, is because my my boyfriend is really into skiing. And uh, so usually when he's up there skiing, I'm out there running instead of skiing <laughs> or, you know, we, we, we also do some running together up there, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite hilly up there and it's, it's a really nice change of scenery too. Nice. So you guys get to do your different activities, but still like kind of share time together, uh, enjoy a weekend together. But yeah, I wonder who knows, um, you know, if those hills had some sort of an impact, maybe they helped, you know, <laughs> uh, I know cause CIM, I can't believe how many posts I read by people that, that are just keep writing. Oh, I was so surprised by the hills or I'm so surprised by those. I'm like, you know, like I've saw the course profile. I've run it a couple of times myself. So I know about it, but 
I, I know it's reputed to be a fast course and is. And I think that's really because you get the best quality athletes. You get the best men and best women that all have this kind of mutual shared goal, right? They're all going for the OTQ. It's become that. But it's also become the place to go to get a BQ, right? So you get so many packs of runners. It's really well-paced, um, both on the men and the women's side. But it's not, I would never say that CIM is an easy course. I mean, I think. No, it, oh, I wouldn't say so either. <laughs> yeah. Challenging. No. <laughs> what do you, what do you think's harder there, there or Boston? Ooh, ooh. I think it depends on what you prefer. <laughs> like if you prefer getting the hills over with early on or kind of just rolling hills for the first 20 miles, that's sort of, I mean, I think I prefer CIM. I think it's it's slightly easier than Boston just because you get it over with in the first 20 as opposed to Boston where the hills come in at, you know, 16 to 21. That's, you know, that's that's a tough tough point in the marathon <laughs> to be to be running hard at least. Yeah. And the rollers, you know, that are in your favor, you know, trending downhill a lot in Boston early are just uh soften you softening you up for what's to come, you know, when you turn at the firehouse and you know, the chain of Newton Hills start and you just, uh, it's take, it takes a lot out of runners for sure. Um, and as you said so well with CIM, you can make it through those early rollers, you know, the mid range rollers, you know, then it's really pretty fast, you know, towards the end. Um, you have that one at the bridge, right? I think that's, is that around like 21 or something like that? Or yeah, it was like 21, 22, something like that. And you definitely feel it. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> yeah. It, it that 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 was a little hill <laughs> that I, I was not 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 anticipating. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, wait, what's happening here? Like, hey, don't yeah. don't you guys understand? I have to make make this OTQ thing happen. Yeah, like, I was like, hills? What, I was like, what is what is this hill doing here? It's yeah, supposed to be flat. Uh, um, can, can I have a can I have a downhill, please? Like, you know, can you get on the headset and order it up? Because things, I think things are going to be close. I don't know, maybe, but I'm going to need <laughs> I'm going to need every second I can get. I mean, think about it now. It's completely insane. Just think about all of the twists and turns of a race, right? It's 26 miles, right? We go over to the side of the road to get a drink. We go, you know, to get our bottle, to get our fluid, whatever we're doing out there on the course, like. Every angle we take, every tangent we take, those are seconds. I mean, you made it on the number. Literally, 237.00. I mean, have <laughs> you have you thought at all like, hey, if I had done this, you know, I would have missed? Like, I mean, I'm sure there was probably some point out there in that like last 10K of that race where, you know, where you were just rolling. But if you had done anything to deviate even one little bit, you would have come out on the other side of it, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, it was really, uh, that was, trust me, I had, that was, that, none of that was uh, planned, <laughs> running on the dot. I was just, you know, I was, wasn't even really thinking too much about whether, I mean, I knew I was right on the border of the, of the, the OTQ time, but I wasn't just, I wasn't too focused on it. I was just kind of focused on how, I was feeling physically and just keeping it, you know, steady and controlled and trying not to cramp up too badly because my calf was kind of, um, it was kind of, it was starting to, to, you know, twinge. It was like the weird twinginess that you get in the late, during the late part of the marathon. And I was just like, okay, please calf, don't, don't just give me a few more miles, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> it was a uh, it was it was sort of a miracle that you know I hit it right right on right right on the dot so yeah couldn't be happier <laughs> yeah you need you need to go to church you know light a candle and I think you need to buy Powerball you got to buy some Powerball tickets too you know just like because that that is just such an amazing accomplishment and to be exactly you know to the second it's really something and uh yeah i think every runner who's ever listened to the show any runner who's ever thought about listening to a podcast um they know all about those twinges late in the race and i just love that you said you're talking about it talking to them because oh i've had those conversations out loud like other runners have gone by me going who's he talking to oh yeah i'm talking to my hamstring or my quad or like hey we have 5k to go people let's let's pull it together here all right let's let's not like have our race go down the drain here let's go so yeah that's that's amazing and you had a huge um eight minute pr at ottawa right so that was like your real big breakthrough race really if you think about it right so you you drop from 245 to 237 there um what was that course like compared to cim oh that was much much flatter um it was it, it was a it was a flat course but there were a lot of turns i can't even tell you how many turns there were on the course and Oh, it was just very, very different compared to CIM. There was hardly anyone in sight on the course when I was running, um, other than my pacer who I had for the first seventeen, and he he puked and dropped off at that point, and then I couldn't see anyone until <laughs> until so I finished. So it was just like a solo, you know, last nine miles. <laughs> it was just. Kind of, it was kind of crazy. I was just like getting baked by the sun, although I was a bit warm that day. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I I knew a big PR was coming that day at Ottawa, um, but I didn't know, you know, that I was going to, you know, be you know forty seconds or so off from um, from the standard that day. Either. And I mean, it was just it was just about you know doing my best out there that day. Yeah, that's um. That could be the best podcast anecdotal story ever about a pacer throwing up and dropping off the yeah. course. Like, holy cow, man. It puts it in perspective just how hard it is to uh, to do this, you know, to run 237, <laughs> to run sub six minute pace for 26.2 miles. It's a, it's a huge endeavor. It's a lot. And, you know, to get to be able to do it is one thing, but you know, when, when the challenges come up, right. When the weather gets warmer, you know, when the calf's getting twingy at the end, when you really don't even know where you are in the time scheme, like you think you're close, but you're not even close. You're not really sure. It's like you're Kipchoge with the 159 thing where he's got the pace clock and, you know, he knows to the second what he's doing. You don't, yeah. re- you don't really know. I mean, no, no, deep, no. how, no, how no, deep no, no. in, how deep <laughs> in the race were you at CIM? Like, I know, you know, cause I did listen to your show with Matt, um, and I know you guys didn't have as much time as normal to go through stuff, but I do know that you really didn't know based on what you were telling him. No, you no, really, no. you really didn't know. And you did share miles with uh, a couple of good friends at different points during the race, which is great. But really, I mean, you knew you were doing well, but you really, you had, you didn't know you, you did not know. No, no, it felt like I was slowing down a lot. I felt like I was losing steam the last 10 K. <laughs> But, I, it, it, and, you know, I just kept telling myself it doesn't matter, you know, as long as I keep pushing, you know, doesn't matter what the pace is. <laughs> the last 10K is supposed to feel, you know, a, you know, significantly harder, right? So it was just very, it was, you know, I was just running by effort at the very end. It wasn't, 
I wasn't, wasn't no sense of, I had no sense of time or pace. (laughs) Just amazing. Yeah. And you know, you come down around the corner, you, you bang the two left-hand turns, you know, the first one you make the left and you kind of go straight for a little bit and then it's another sharp left. And then that's when you could see the clock. And, you know, I think you only had what, or 10 seconds or 15 seconds is what it was showing on the clock when you made the turn. So, I mean, you know, what the hell did you have like a huge, did you have a huge lump in your throat or was just no time at all? You just said, okay, time to, time to hit the heavy gear and just like, you know, just floor it, (laughs) you know, hit the gas. Yeah, exactly. I didn't really have time to think and process. I completely just was, I just looked at the clock and I was like, it's just me and the clock. And uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to erase it if I can. <laughs> That's all that I was thinking. So I really just went for it. You know, I just you know it was probably not a very fast sprint, but I for, at the t- at that point, you know, it felt like I was going all out. <laughs> yeah, it probably felt like you were breaking yeah. your your 200, 200 record on the track. I yeah. mean, I know yeah. you, I know you have like segment wins up there, and you you've won the, those uh, trials of miles. You've had a couple of things up there you've won, but it probably felt like you were running faster <laughs> than you ever did there. But you know, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was the hardest part of the race. Was the last, the last whatever meters, hundred meters, whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Left. yeah. And people were obviously screaming for you. Um, for the people who haven't run CIM, who are listening to our show today, or they're going to listen to it in a couple of weeks when it drops, when they're out in the run, it's CIM, it's one of the cooler things of any finish ever, you know, to the left, when you come around, the ladies all finish to the left and the men just go a little bit straighter and they also make a left, but they have their own finish line. The women have their own finish line. It's just super neat. And I remember the last time around, when a bunch of women qualified for the trials, you know, the last time around that this was going on, you know, it was just wild. I mean, all the other women were just out there hugging each other and, you know, their coaches were there, their family were there, boyfriends, husbands, moms, dads, kids. Um, it's just this wild scene of just community, like happiness. And then, of course, on the other side of that, there are people that didn't make it. And even in your case, you didn't even know because... It was 2.37.03, but your chip time is 2.37, and the men t- the men's time is gun time, so there is no chip time for the men, just because they're up further where they're starting versus uh, where the women's start is, right? So in your case, you didn't know for quite a little bit of a while, right? I mean, until somebody actually made it clear to you, and even then... You still really, I could tell when you were talking oh, to Matt, yeah. you still did. I was almost like you didn't really believe it. I could tell when you were talking to him, like, I felt like saying, you did it, Tammy. Nope, nope, she didn't believe it. Like you could tell. It probably was like a good while. <laughs> when did it really, truly, like you knew you you made it? Like you, I did it. Oh, it was really so vague for for a while. Even now I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that tracker could be wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, how how much do we all tra- uh, trust this, uh, this this chip time here? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, I I did I did I did really believe it. Really, you know, when someone physically showed me the tracker and showed me the the time that was two thirty seven fly, and I was like, oh, okay. And now, can someone tell me does this does, do I have to did, did this mean I qualified or not? Because I wasn't even sure at the time if if that counted right because i don't know why i for some reason i thought you have to run under <laughs> but um yeah even at the time i was like okay you if you say that i qualify then okay I'll, I'll 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 take it for now but um i'm gonna wait for more confirmation and uh but yeah i mean 
it was like a, a whole like combination of emotions, right? I was just confused and happy and tired and what is going on? <laughs> it, but, yeah. yeah, it's at that point you want the race director. You want the race director to just walk <laughs> over to you and go, "Oh, hi, Tammy. I'm the race director," and just to let you know you're officially in. You qualified for the trial. Yeah. It's two thirty-seven zero zero. You're in. There's the chip time. You're in. You have go to sleep well tonight. You know, have a good flight yeah. home. Like it's good, but yeah, yeah like I'm like, gosh. I mean, uh, obviously, um, even if you found out you didn't make it it still would have been just an unbelievably enormous story. Like, I mean, it's still incredible, like to run those two great races together. Let's say one was in May, right? I think Ottawa was in May. And then this one, you know, you're coming back, you know, much later in the year. So you had time to recover and kind of, you know, kind of build and go into this. And, you know, now might be a good time to ask uh, a little about your coaching. Cause I know Kim, you know, Kim's been on the show, Kim Conley from next best run. So I know she's working with you. Like when did you two start working together, you know, coach athlete, you know, how's that been like working together with her? So it's been really, it's been really, really great. Um, I've been, I think it's been since last summer, I want to say last, I can't remember if it was like June or July last summer. So a year and a half now I've, She's been my coach, um, and you know we, you know, we just chat on the phone sometimes, and we'll check in with each other. And you know, she's just a very, like, very nice and easy person to talk to. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> only yeah, I mean, she's really great. Obviously, also a great, amazing runner. And um, I've met her for the first time this past year in Boston, so that was also really cool. Because um, it was just like okay. I know who you are, but <laughs> so it's like when you don't meet someone in person, it's not quite the same. And it was like, it was, it was, it was just good to meet face to face, um, uh, in Boston earlier this year. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so I don't know if you know, but I got connected to her through my training partner and friend, um, Leanne Farber, who's also on my, on the same team as me. So yeah. Uh, if it weren't for her, I wouldn't be with Kim. That's great. She was out there too on Sunday. Yeah, she 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 ran too on uh, on Sunday on the ten a.m. So how did she do? She was uh like um, she was like one uh, not like one minute twenty thirty seconds off of the standard. So very close, <laughs> very close. Yeah. And that's the hard that's the hard part because for everybody that you can get to celebrate with, right? There's always going to be a friend who maybe just missed or maybe even got injured or didn't just didn't have a good day. So um, I think that's what makes um, people who've been in the sport a long time, like me, like I always want to make sure that, especially with younger athletes, like you just develop this appreciation and this grateful like attitude. Like, I mean, it's wonderful that your teammate referred you to Kim, right? So now you're working together and it's doing well. I'm sure you would recommend her to someone else if you thought they needed a coach or could improve. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's wonderful, but it's also heartbreaking. I, I hate to see the people, I, I read the stories on Instagram and I see them and I'm just like, man, you just wish that everyone could make it, but that's not real. You know, that's just not the way life works, yeah. you know, it doesn't yeah. work that way. Um, we have setbacks, we get injured in training. We're not at our best. We're not at hundred percent. Or then even when we are, like you said, the weather's really hot in Ottawa or something. So, um, it can cause you to struggle, but um, it's just so cool um, the way it all came together. And, uh, you know, as far as your relationship, like with Kim, with coaching, um, do you like talk to her? Like, do you guys do Zoom at all? Like, does she just send you the workouts and you just do them, whatever? Or do you like, 
have suggestions for like, hey, I like this kind of workout better or that? Like what's what's the interaction like between the two of you at this point? Uh, well, she she just writes my plan a week or two weeks ahead of time. And, you know, we communicate through a platform called Final Surge that you might have heard of. Um, but in terms of our communication, you know, we text, we talk on the phone, I'll call her, she'll call me. Usually it was just to to chat or just to check in. And, um, pretty, it's like pretty pretty easy to 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 get in touch with with each other. Usually I'll talk to her after work. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't like to bother her too too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I don't like bothering people. So I just sort of <laughs> like you know if it's if there's a if there's a race coming up or something you know I'm dealing with or have a question about something then I'll. I'll go out and reach out to her. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Were they, were her and uh, Drew at the race? Cause sometimes they go to some of the races where they're coaching athletes oh, and whatnot. Yeah. So um, I, they were initially planning on to, um, I think Kim was planning on being at the finish or even running part of the IM. Um, but, um, Unfortunately, she and Drew had, um, I think they had COVID. They got COVID just a few days or, or, or something like that, you know, right before CIM. And so when I reached out to her, when I got there, uh, she was like, oh, I have bad news. You know, we have COVID. <laughs> got to stay away from people. And I was like, oh, no, you know, um, you know, it was just a bit sad that we weren't able to see each other. But um, they were they were there, though. They were they were in um, Folsom, yeah, in California. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're from Flagstaff. They lived there, and I think they were in California for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, sadly, we didn't get to see each other, but anyway, I knew she was there in spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too bad, like you said, but I guarantee you they'll be in Orlando. They'll be rolling down to Orlando, rooting for you, right? Right, right. No, well, I mean, she'll be there too, running. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Kim, 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 Kim. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that would be that would that would be fun. Yeah. Cool, cool. So now, since now you know it's official, they can't take it away from you. You got your flag, right? <laughs> did they give you your OTQ flag? Did they? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. <laughs> All right, good, because you need that flag. I mean, come on. I mean, especially when you aren't hundred percent sure. I mean, this you could show them like, hey, here's my OTQ flag. I'm in. <laughs> so I did it. Um, so what's your plan? I mean, obviously take some recovery, you know, some downtime. You got the Norma Tech boots on right now for everybody who doesn't see the screen. You know, Tracy's like <laughs> on the couch with the Norma Techs, making me feel like I should have mine on right now while we're doing the show. So like, obviously she's, she's got it together more than me. Um, so what's the plan, um, you know, leading up to, I mean, you have till February, so obviously you have time, but um, have you thought about, uh, you know, trying to do a fast half or something like that? Or just what, what is a, a general plan before, leading up to uh, your first trials which are so exciting oh that's a good question it hasn't been entirely planned out yet um i took this week off of running um but i'll be back running this this coming week you know easing back into it and easing back into workouts and long runs but um i don't think i'll be running another race before the trials just because it's what seven weeks maybe or so away it is not very it's not very much time and I think it's important to not rush the recovery. Um, you know, get you know, that's, you know, where injuries happen, right? When you get back to it too soon. But so I'm just you know, just taking the recovery kind of seriously and um, you know, I'll 
I'll, I'm hoping to to do some 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 good workouts and long runs shortly before the trials. Um, but you know, I think I think it would just be a fun day in general. That's really what I'm going for here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we talked before we came on about Atlanta and just what an incredible, what an experience. Um, you know, I'm used to being you know, in these kind of big races and being part of them. Um, and that's one thing, but to spectate, uh, an event like that was just, it was amazing. And I just think I'm so thankful that I was there in person. Um, and I got to take that in and just be part of the crazy cheering and the crazy crowds and people throwing glitter and the signs and just all of it. It was, it was really, um, something spectacular. And I think it'll be, like a once in a lifetime experience for, you know, getting media credentials and, you know, being an elite runner and being at the trials and meeting all these other runners. Um, it definitely leads me to one of the questions I always like to ask people, like, do you have a favorite runner maybe, or two, maybe, you know, a couple of runners that inspire you, people that you follow their training or something, or just really are into like what they're about, you know, how they approach their training and running. Uh, I can't really say for, I think all, all my friends, my coach Kim, they all inspire me. I think everyone's inspiring, you know. I don't really have uh anyone specifically. I, I also don't really follow the running world too closely. I mean, <laughs> I'm a little bit, you know, I live a little bit under the rock when it comes to social media, but um I think all my friends are amazing. A lot of my teammates are so so um I think I don't know. Um, you know, I I I have quite a few friends who I know from Boston who will be at the trials too. So we'll definitely be in touch with them and I'm pretty excited, you know, to see what they can do too. So yeah, there's a lot to be excited about. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I love your approach. Um, being patient is really smart. Um, because there's just so much energy and, and momentum around doing something. So such a massive accomplishment um, most people, there's that inclination of, let me go out, let me start doing this. No, like you, you made it this on this path, you know, working together with Kim and you guys have had a really good buildup to go through Ottawa and then now through CIM and you have opportunities to run with other really talented runners and do work with, you know, the patient approach is the right, is the right approach. And, you know, you just go down there and soak it all in. It's going to be the, the experience of a lifetime. Cause once you get on the course, man, you're going to run your ass off anyway. You know, you're, you know, that's, that's <laughs> when it all cuts loose, you know, like it all sounds great. But then once, once it starts happening, you're not, you're going to be like, let me go catch, <laughs> let me go catch these people, man. I'm going to go hunt some runners down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you've, uh, you're, yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard to say right now. Right. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, if you've ever run the Boston Marathon, you know how like the crowd energy can really just, you know, can it can just kind of make running feel a lot less painful. <laughs> you just feel like, you know, you're running high, right? <laughs> you're kind of on a high. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that feel um, that Boston gives you because the roads are so narrow and the people are out on both sides of the road. So it doesn't matter if you're running towards the middle or right or left. There's just always going to be like a volume and a wall of sound, you know, not just Wellesley. It's just it's everywhere. It's everywhere you you every foot strike you make. There's people. Um, and that energy is amazing. But this loop style course, I don't know, you want to call it criterium style. I just love, I love that style of running where you continue to get to see the runners keep coming by. And 
Um, you know, so if you wanted to stay in one place as a spectator, you can, but if you wanted to bounce around, you know, you can get to more than one spot in the course, which is, which is really awesome, you know, from the spectating side too. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, took a look at the course map and I, you know, I know you, I know what you're saying right now, you know, there's a few loops and it looks like, you know, you could see people not just on the loop, but you could see people, you know, from, it's like a pretty small area, um, where you could probably see people, you know, on the other side of the loop too, if you really wanted to <laughs> catch someone. Yeah. Well, we'll be, we'll be chasing you around. We won't be able to catch you. <laughs> you're a lot faster. You're a lot faster than almost everyone. Uh, you know, so we'll, you know, we'll do, we'll do our best, you know, we'll, we'll be like, Oh God, we, we, we can't catch her. Tammy's too fast. So we'll have to, you know, try our best, but you know, so in our case, it might be better to stay in one spot and just, you know, just like hang out, <laughs> hang out and sit tight. But it's so funny when you're spectating, you get, you just want to move around too. You don't want to stay at one spot. So, you know, runners are like, oh, let me go, let me go over here. Let me go over there. So we'll have to see, cause there could be barriers and stuff. I'll have to actually look at the course itself too, to see where you, where you have options like that. But yeah, it would be super fun if you could blast around and get to different spots and, you know, be there for people. Cause I know for me, if I had friends and family that were just bouncing around in different spots, that would just give me so much energy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ask every runner, you know, how did you get into the sport? Um, because I, you know, I know you kind of came to running like later, um, you know, in terms of like when you got involved. But just tell uh, tell the Run Chats audience a little about how you how you got involved with running. When did you get your start, and uh, what brought what brought you to the sport? Oh, it was it was a while ago. I would say about seven years ago when I when I started. Um, I was in Boston at the time. Um, uh, just, you know, I just kind of ran for stress relief and because I was in grad school and wanted some exercise and, you know, running seemed like a good idea at the time and easy to do. All you needed was, you know, a pair of running shoes. And so, you know, I started running there at the time and I did find kind of a small community in Boston uh, called November Project. Um, it was not a running team or anything like that, but sort of like a fitness community. So that kind of, you know, introduced me to like a community, you know, of, 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 uh, like-minded fitness people. And then, you know, and then I moved to New York city shortly after that. Um, cause I got into another grad program in New York city, um, at Columbia. So I moved there and I was, um, that was like 2018, I believe. So, um, what, what really, oh, like what really got my running to like, just what really got my running story, I would say was when I joined the team in New York, um, Central Park Track Club. And I remember showing up, you know, very, very nervous to one of the workouts on, I think it was a Thursday night. It was a Thursday night work tempo workout or something like that. And I showed up in the door, <laughs> no idea what to expect. And I just got dusted by like everyone. <laughs> I just like put myself in a random group and everyone just like, I just ended up, you know, running by myself towards the end. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> where are all these people? <laughs> and so, I mean, it was it was kind of right then I kind of knew you know okay this is this is who I need to spend more time with I, I need to I need to get to know these people better I want to get better at running and so I joined the team pretty shortly after that workout and a few workouts after of more you know getting getting dusted <laughs> um, and you know I was on the team for 
want to say like three or so years. Um, yeah, and I, you know, did 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 some races there. Did some I did some half marathons, no marathons. I did some like I think I did some for some four mile races, some ten k's, I think, but not that many. And I'll tell you why. It's because I had reoccurring plantar fasciitis. Um, and I think it was just from, you know, just not, uh, just, you know, just doing too much too soon for my body at the time, you know, just ramping up too quickly. So I was dealing with a lot of plantar at the time and eventually tore my plantar in 2021, um, right before I moved back to, to Boston. So it's been two years now um, when, when I got a job here in Boston during COVID. So it's just, you know, I, uh, yeah, I mean that, that kind of, when I tore my planner, that sort of, I was out, um, for a while. I wanted to say maybe half a year. I did a ton of PT. I went to, well, what was that? What is that called? There's a big running, running PT clinic. Uh, oh God, I can't remember what it's called, but it's in, it's in Chelsea or something like that. Um, there's New York and East on the east fin- finish east line PT. There's finish line. Yeah, was it finish line PT? Yeah. yeah, that I went to. I was there for. I was. I was uh, a regular there <laughs> for a while. Um, well, anyway, so fast forward, COVID hit. Um, I kept running when when um, when COVID started. We all had to quarantine. I kept running. You know, um, I think I remember doing the. Um, I sort of. I got this crazy idea from some from some teammates on it um it was like this you can run the perimeter of Manhattan and so I did that during COVID right before I moved to Boston I figured that was kind of a fun thing little bucket list item to do um before I moved so I did that right before and you know I was just kind of happy to be back running again and I joined the Tracksmith Boston team pretty much immediately even before I moved to Boston Devin on um central park connected me to the the community manager i think lou and some other people there in tracksmith and said hey tammy's coming to join your team just to give you a heads up and so it's just sort of an easy um transfer for me and i was like hey it's another another tracksmith team so uh, i joined the team about two years ago now in boston and you know i've I'm always meeting new people <laughs> on on those Sunday lawn runs. And um, yeah, it's uh, been a good mix of just running with, 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 with the group, with people and just sort of doing my own thing. I've also moved a few times since, uh, uh, since I joined the team. So now I live in the suburbs out in Belmont, Massachusetts. So it's more solo running for sure. Um, yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great intro story. <laughs> and um, I can't tell you how many cautionary CPTC tales exist for people showing up to our workouts and just they're, bur- <laughs> they're buried so quickly, but I, I can't tell you how many uh, runners on our team are so stoked with you hitting the trial standard. And they're going to be so happy when they see this episode drop because um, people have long memories. I guarantee you, huge amount of our runners will remember you from 2018, 2019. And yeah, that's what happens. I mean, there's just so, our, our the talent uh, depth on that team is just so completely insane. I mean, people are running completely bananas times across the board from track and field side, from cross country side, sprinters, yeah, I mean, triathletes, time, yeah. ultra runners. There isn't, there isn't a pool that somebody isn't in and our team that they're not at an elite level. Um, but yeah, 
that happens. And uh, the injury thing, it's not a surprise because you're, you're running so fast. And then if you like the, the competitiveness of the club, which people tend to like that energy, and it's like, these people are fast. If I keep coming here, this is going to be good for me. So then all of a sudden you're doing the Thursday workouts, then you're doing the Tuesday workouts and you only have one day between there. Yeah. So trust me, I've got, yeah. I got injured from doing two workouts a week because I, <laughs> I had, when I joined the team, I had been gone from running for like nine years, coaching my son's teams and all that stuff. When he was growing up, like before high school age and high school age. And, um, I finally just decided, look, you can't do two workouts a week with these people because you'll bury yourself because exactly what you said, I don't want to come in last in the workout any more than you did. So, you, you know, you just push down, but there's only so much there. And then the workout's over and then we keep running, there's more miles. And then the next day it's more miles. So, um, I've learned to adapt where I just do the one workout with the team and then long runs are same. Similarly, you know, I'll do some on my own. You know, if I have pace work to do, I definitely will try to get some people from the club or other people that have like similar goals, um, which is great that you, we have the tracksmith stuff too. Those long runs are around in the weekends and banded running has long runs on the weekend. And, you know, our community, we've got so many choices, you know, where if you want to do one on your own, you can, but you don't have to. I mean, that's the nice thing. Yeah. It was, it was nice that everything was optional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as, um, like say high school, college days, even though you weren't, weren't into running at that point, did you have a teacher in either area, like high school, college days, somebody who was like a mentor or somebody who had an impact on you? Yeah. I mean, I, um, was a neuroscience major, so I also worked in a, uh, neuroimaging lab. So I was quite close to one of my advisors who was, uh, was, uh, a neuroimaging, uh, professor, <laughs> Uh, at Tufts. So yeah, I, I, and I was very close with him at the time, but, um, there was really no, nothing that I did about running <laughs> at the time though. So, um, but I will say that, um, I always enjoyed running as a kid. That was something I always liked to do. Um, if it was just any, I was into sports in general too. Like I did, I played tennis and I swam, um, not competitive or anything like that. Right. But, um, you know, I was always sort of a little bit of a tomboy, you know, was into sports as a, you know, I was just really into every sport. And I always loved the running aspect of, you know, whatever, whatever I was doing at the time. But, um, yeah, I just never really got into never joined the team or anything like that. <laughs> kind of weird to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so drive energy spirit, um, people don't get to the level you're at right now, even though you're still in the sport for really a pretty short period of time, you don't get to Olympic trials qualifying standard without having serious drive, competitiveness, um, and passion. Um, where do you think it comes from? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. You should probably ask my parents <laughs> or ask Zach or somebody. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that's just, who I am. <laughs> That's just how I am. Maybe it's from being the first child, you know, I've, you know, I have a younger brother and, you know, I've always been sort of uh, a role model for him. My parents always, you know, kind of, you know, remind me, you know, that, you know, I have to set a good example, you know, be responsible, you know, all things like that, you know, being the oldest child. So, um, not sure where the competitiveness comes from. I, I don't even, I wouldn't even say I'm that competitive. <laughs> I think it's more of a drive that I have. Like I, I think I'm just 
you know, naturally sort of, you know, I get very motivated and excited about things that I care about. So once I find something that I love doing, you know, I just sort of pour myself into it. And, you know, when it comes to running, that's, you know, how I feel, feel passionate about it, love it. So I just put everything into it. (laughs) Love it. Um, how about on the race course itself? Um, we talked a little before coming on the show that the uh, mantra for the show and my own mantra is stay in the fight. Do you have, do you ever use mantras or even just like say self-talk either during workouts, maybe building up to a race or maybe this race for you at CIM? Do you ever like have anything specifically like where you put your mind and energy? Um, I don't really have a, any specific mantras, but I, when I sort of think about while I run is I just sort of kind of stay present in the moment and just think about everything that's feeling good you know I think about my my running form I try to not I mean there is a lot of self-talk going on too right you know I'm just trying to like shut down all the negative self-talk it's all about you know trying to talk myself up and you know hype myself up you know so um, I just, you know, stay as positive as I can really when I run, you know, and just kind of, you know, soak in how I'm feeling at the moment. It's just about, you know, for me, it's just about being present in the moment. So, yeah, I think running is also just, you know, very meditative, you know, when you're out there running by yourself. And, you know, that's another thing that I, you know, love about it, you know, it's just, you know, it just brings a lot of clarity and, uh, in your, in your mind. So I just, yeah. That's great. Um, did you change anything in your training, you know, leading up to CIM? I mean, I know we had talked earlier about, you know, doing, uh, you know, more run, uh, runs in the white mountains, maybe more Hills, you know, while your boyfriend was skiing and stuff, but anything specifically changing, did you add any more volume or maybe any kind of workout tweaks or anything? Because, you know, even though it wasn't a massive jump from what your last time was at Ottawa, the massive jump was at Ottawa, but you know, 237, you know, getting it done, people always want to know, Hey, did you do anything different specifically or approach workouts or the cycle any, any differently, you know, leading up to CIM? Oh, I would say it was almost identical. It was very similar, except that I did slightly more mileage, more junk mileage. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say, you know, last time leading up to Ottawa, you know, I didn't go over a hundred, you know, for a peak week, but this time around for CIM, you know, I definitely hit my lifetime mileage. I want to say like one or six, I think I hit, you know, for a week and I did a few hundred mile weeks, you know, and that was, I was definitely, you know, riding on the line there because, you know, I've never, this is, you know, I've never run that much <laughs> in my life before. So, you know, it was just being careful and, kind of stay healthy. <laughs> so definitely a little bit more mileage, but in terms of workouts, it's, it was very similar. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of scary though, right? Cause you're, it's <laughs> yeah. a number you haven't done before, like whatever it yeah. is, like the longest distance run you've ever done or the amount of miles in a yeah. week or in a month. Anytime we're doing something new, it's always a little scary. It's like, I don't know, just for me, I still feel like, oh, am I going to be okay? <laughs> like, I'm sure, did you feel Did you feel any of that when you're bumping up to your first time in the hundreds? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like you feel every little, every little thing in your body and you wonder if that's something, you know, that you should be worried about. <laughs> but um, no, I just try, I just do my best and try to get enough sleep every night. You know, if I get eight, eight hours of sleep, seven hours even, you know, that's, that's great. No, 
doesn't always happen, but you know, the weekends are a great time to fix that. <laughs> yeah. You look, get extra on the weekends. And how about like uh, maintenance, taking care of your body? Um, do you get work done regularly? Do you have a sports chiro? Do you do uh, dry needling or anything like that? Deep tissue massage? Like what do you do to just try to keep your body together with the amount of miles you're doing? Um, pretty much a minimalist when it comes to that. <laughs> um, we did buy a Norma Tech um, after Ottawa. So that's been a great, you know, recovery tool for me. I've, I use it a lot. As you, as you just mentioned, you, you said I was using it. Yeah, I, I'm still in the boots right now. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm a big I'm a big Norma Tech girl. I don't do dry needling or any sports massages though. Um, probably got one massage before Ottawa, but nothing before CIM. I think I just sort of. Um, I, I mean, if I if I if I was feeling an injury coming on, I think I would you know, be more mindful of that. But since, you know, I, you know, managed to stay healthy, I was, you know, very fortunate to stay healthy for both of these marathon training blocks. I just, you know, just kept doing, you know, what I, what I have been doing. So, yeah. There's a lot of power and consistency. And Kim knows that from her own, from her own training and and also being a coach. So, um, being consistent and not, uh, getting too far. Your boyfriend's a skier. You don't want to get too far out over the skis. That's never a good feeling. Um, that's usually where we crash into something, you know, like we hit a tree or something else where we're out in our skis. So yeah, it's working and you're healthy and Norma tech, come on, they need to start sending you some free stuff. Let's go. We'll see. We got to, we'll, we'll tag, we'll tag them in the podcast post. We'll tag them and, uh, maybe we'll do a shot of you at your Norma tech's honor. We'll put that in stories. We'll, we'll see if we can make that sure. come, make that <laughs> sure. come, make that yeah, come to that life. Be- come on, man. We got to take care. We got to take care of you, man. Get, get, uh, get Tammy hooked up over here. Um, how about nutrition? Um, that's the only other thing I want to ask about with the race. Cause I mean, we covered your mileage, your training approach, all this other stuff, but what about, did you do anything different on the fueling side for CIM versus let's say Ottawa? I know Ottawa was a much hotter day, um, but it was pretty warm from what I heard at CIM too, like kind of humid too, right? Yeah, it was quite, it was warmer than, you know, I think what everyone was sort of expecting, you know, it started out around you know, 55 degrees and it just got a little bit warmer. <laughs> so definitely warmer than, you know, coming from, from, you know, the winter, yeah. <laughs> the winter was wetter than I've been getting recently. So um, what I've done in terms of nutrition, um, very similar to Ottawa. Um, you know, I had six bottles out there on the course and I had either a caffeinated more than drink or a non-caffeinated more than so a bit half and half. And I had you know, four gels attached to my bottles. So, you know, when I was done with my bottle, I'll take in a gel in addition, since it was just like, I had like four ounces of liquid, maybe, you know, it was just straight up more than sugar, no water, anything like that. So, you know, I've always wondered, you know, why I feel so bloated towards the marathon, you know, not really drinking any water out there in the course, but focusing more on the calories, right? On the calories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because falling short in the calories is a problem, but at the same time, you know, who knows? I mean, that's why at this point you got a, you got a nice gap here between now and Orlando, you know, in this running community, believe me, there's somebody out there, hopefully it'll listen to our show. Maybe there's a really top sports nutritionist in Boston who you could connect with, or maybe that Kim knows even that she could just, it's worth a 
chat. It's worth a Zoom call and yeah. just go through yeah. it. And you just said exactly what you took. I mean, you don't know. I mean, anybody can get twinges in a calf late in a marathon, for Christ's <laughs> sakes, on that and a rolling course, anyone with a warmer day in humidity, but it could be something that, you know, a, a nutritionist could maybe help you unpack or, you know, maybe right, what you're right. eating the days or two leading up. But man, you know, you don't want to leave any stone unturned. I mean, this is such a huge opportunity and, you know, you're, you're there, man, you made it. Um, and you want to, <laughs> and you want to have your best day. So yeah, I mean, that, that's about it. I mean, what the heck else can you look into, man? You're, you're, you're on a great, you're on a great trajectory. You know, you have a good plan and, um, recovery, you know, build and just, uh, ride the wave and get, you know, get, get ready to go after it. Um, so the last question I always ask everyone, um, is community service. Um, and it doesn't have to have anything to do related to running. Um, or it could be something maybe you even did back in your high school or college days. Is there anything you've done or maybe want to do or think about doing, you know, in the community service area? Um, well, so I've done a few, I've volunteered, you know, you know, for like a a food pantry before and I volunteer at a hospital before, you know, just, um, you know, just all the way back in college and high school where, you know, I would just work in the inpatient unit and I'll just, um, you know, kind of help the doctors, you know, and help escort the patients and just sort of, you know, entertain them, you know, the, you know, I was in high school, <laughs> so, yeah. well, you know, what else could I do? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, now, you know, I, you know, I've, uh, in terms of community service, I mean, you know, I think there's such a, there's just so many communities out there. And I think in terms of for running, I mean, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've been a pacer. Um, um, I, I paced, uh, I did the base day marathon as a pacer. And I thought, you know, that kind of was my first experience being on the other side, helping other people achieve their goals. And I really love that experience of kind of giving back. And um, I would love to do that more. Um, and um, I know there's also, you know, there's like a, not sure what the division is called, but, you know, there's like the visually impaired, the hearing impaired division um, that you see at races. And I think that's also something that, you know, people don't really consider or think about or you know um or pay too much attention to and i think you know that's that's you know these are people who you know are so incredible you know they're able to crush a marathon without you know being able to see or hear you know it's really really quite incredible so um yeah i think um i would you know love to do more of that and maybe be a guide someday you know so yeah. Love it. Uh, it's Achilles International is the organization that... Uh, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah Achilles yeah, yeah. is a huge organization. Um, they're really, I mean, they're worldwide in terms of uh, where the racing opportunities exist, but they, they really kind of got their footprint in New York Roadrunners and New York City Marathon is where they kind of really um, kind of stake their mark and claim. But now it's, you know, they have, have races, they have races around the world going on that they're supporting. So... Um, yeah, but Achilles is great. And I plan to do a show with uh, some of their key marketing people and just talk about ideas for them just to help them spread the word and maybe get more of my running friends and guests like you that come on the show to maybe think about running and guiding a runner and helping them finish because it's wonderful. Just like you said, anytime we uh, give back, we uh, 
we always feel good. We feel better about ourselves. So it's, it's definitely a, a good thing. And a last question is always just like, hey, do you have any message for the Run Chats audience? You know, final message to leave before we, uh, before we roll out. Um, I'd say, you know, it's never too late to start anything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to say. Never too late. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And, you know, you're, you came to the sport late, you know, in terms of like when you got started, but still it's so true. Um, you know, and I tell people that all the time and obviously I'm, you know, like ancient compared to you, but it is true. You can get started in anything, playing pickleball, golf, anything, you know, if you really want to do something, it could be learning another language or art. It doesn't have to have anything to do with running at all, but it's great advice. Um, it's been so fun chatting with you, Tammy. Um, uh, too bad we didn't get to hang more when you were on Central Park Track Club. But, you know, you got to come back to New York and come uh, come to a workout and see your old teammates. Yeah. Um, they would be so yeah, stoked I, to see you. I guarantee you, uh, you know, come down and see everyone. If you're in the city, you know, you have to let us know. Um, I'll, I'll get a message. We have this board called Halo. I don't know if you guys use it up in Boston, but it's just kind of a closed uh, messaging thing that we use um, just for us with our own races. And, you know, as opposed to going on like Facebook and Instagram or whatever, it's an easier way for us to all chat about racing and what we're up to. So I would be thrilled to let them know, hey, you know, Tammy's going to come back and do a workout or something or just come say hi or do, do some easy miles in the park. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I'll just reach out to you and hopefully you could. Um let the team know yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) absolutely well listen thanks so much for coming on and congratulations man it's it's just super inspiring and uh can't wait to share this episode with everybody and hopefully get them all you know following your journey leading up to orlando and running in the trials and what we say at the end of every episode is we tell the runners to keep lacing them up to keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight wow Inspiring stuff by Tammy, man. Boy, is it easy to root for her. Can you imagine turning at the last uh, left-hand turn, the two lefts at CIM for anyone who's run it, and looking up at that clock and seeing 10 seconds to go with roughly 75 meters to get to go to the finish line? That's, uh, that is pretty amazing. And um, I think what I found the most uh, interesting is with all that was going on around her, all the people screaming and yelling and the noise uh, and the potential distractions, she was locked in on the clock and focused merely on just trying to get out every ounce of what was left of her to get across the line. And it was clear when I listened to her pod with Matt, she did not know um, about the chip time versus gun time. I certainly didn't either. Um, and I think many people probably didn't. So um, it was even more amazing that it was really a good f- a few minutes before she truly knew um, that she had actually done it and accomplished the huge goal. And uh, not really till she was draped with the uh, Olympic trials qualifying banner. So amazing story, just remarkable progression. Um, and just so fun to share uh, how our training approach has changed over time how she got her start with CPTC, my club in New York City, um, stayed in the tracks with family, moving up and working with Boston Hares, and uh, just her overall approach, working with Kim Connolly, who's been on the show a couple of times, multi-time Olympian, uh, and a coach herself uh, when she's not running with Next Best Run. Um, so I found it all really interesting, and it's so easy to root for Tammy. So I hope she just crushes it in Orlando, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, following her running journey from here. It's good stuff. So hope you all enjoy the listen and can unpack some great lessons for your own running. 
and enjoy this one very much. All the best with the holidays coming up for everyone. I hope you all enjoy it uh, with friends and family and look forward to a great running year and seeing you all out there in 2024. Keep lacing them up. Keep getting out the door. And always remember to stay in the fight, my friends. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being part of the program. And I look forward to meeting many more of you in 2024. Take care.